yeah, this episode. So, uh, hey, 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 I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph. And you are listening to Saturday Night High, the podcast where we get stoned and talk about Saturday Night Live. Yes, and tonight we are talking about Season 1, Episode 5. The host was Robert Klein. There were two musical guests. It was ABBA, my fucking favorite, and some surnamed Loudon Wainwright. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aired November 15, 1975. Yeah, yeah he, uh, he is interesting. He's kind of, he was a satirist and a comedian as well as a musician. Kind of a PG-13, well, Weird Al kind of is PG-13. I'd say like a friendlier Weird Al. I got those vibes. This is just a little warning, listener discretion, advised. Uh, we will be discussing some not safe for work topics like sex, drugs, um, and other fun stuff. So be aware of who is around you while you're listening. So the cold open was Chevy Chase and Lorraine Newman, and they were at the end of a pageant, and Lorraine Newman is refusing the beauty pageant title. She undresses to her street clothes, and she's placing the clothing onto Chevy Chase. She says, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to hitchhike. Here are all the problems with beauty pageants, and makes very valid points as to why beauty pageants are sexist hetero something something not great they're more heteronormative and they perpetuate you know these beauty standards that aren't great (laughs) thank you so chevy chase (laughs) is now wearing all of the clothing of the beauty pageant he takes the catwalk falls off the end and shouts live from new york it's saturday night so I get where they're going in terms of, okay, now the audience is going to try to guess where he's going to fall and what at what point it's going to transition to the actual show. I don't know. Not much for physical humor. Yeah, no, it's just, it's getting old. Like the first time he falls, okay, but now it's the literal fifth time that the show is open this way. And I'm like, okay, let's see some fresh stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, it's just, I'm waiting for the eventual pratfall so we can just get over it and get to the show. I know it's coming. The day that it doesn't, oh, the whole world will. Season two, episode one, baby. (laughs) I have one single thing to say about. Okay, so. The monologue. (laughs) So we are going to go into Robert Klein's monologue, which was just really odd. And I honestly, I recommend watching it simply so you can see exactly how how different comedy was back in 1975 it was a segment on cartoon character tropes and the dangers of humanizing animals and people going to national forests and wanting to cuddle the bears i yeah i again i understand that it might have been really funny to the 1975 audience but 40 years on did not age well and i really feel bad saying that a lot about this stuff because that's kind of the i mean we're looking at this and i have to consistently try to remember to look at it through the lens of 1975 and that's really difficult when stuff just isn't funny i guess i just didn't realize until doing this podcast how on funny people used to be like like the standard was like me like <laughs> for comedy <laughs> like <laughs> like i was like what you aspire to you know like <laughs> uh, yeah no you are you are much funnier than that monologue 
trust me. Yeah, I so we went right from this bizarre monologue into what I thought was a sketch about the Titanic, but it was actually the introduction to ABBA playing SOS. And I'm like, okay, this is funny, but it was really fucking weird because I don't know that I've ever, that, that's, that's not how they introduce musical guests now. It's just the host or a cast member standing there saying, ladies and gentlemen, ABBA. Right. It was really weird. I was just a little bit shaken when all of a sudden I'm listening to ABBA, but then I was like, oh, hell yeah, it's ABBA. Right. And then it was SOS. And I was like, oh, Titanic, this makes sense. Right. It took me a second, <laughs> but once I got it, it was like, ah, ha, ha, okay, I see what they're going for here. That being said, I kind of wanted every outfit on that stage and I like the song. So weird intro, whatever. I'll take the song. The outfits were so fucking good. They had capes. I was like, oh, yes. I wanted that <laughs> cape. Oh, yeah. But um, then like the ship, I guess, hit the iceberg and started to leak. And that became incorporated into the performance. That was part two. Right? Well, it started, like the leak started in the first part. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I wasn't honestly sure. And it took me a bit to figure out in the second. I was like, because like, I was really baked when I was watching this. And so <laughs> during the second performance, I forgot that there was also a sketch happening. And I'm like, what, why the fuck are the cameras not looking at ABBA? I want to see the fucking song. What is going on? And then, it, no, 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 it's a fucking sketch. All right. Anyway, we'll get to that later. Um, it did pay off, though, quite wonderfully. So the next, go ahead. You can introduce the next one. I don't have that much to say. The next one was, it was like last week where they had um, Al Franken and what's his name? Tom Davis. Yes. And they're talking about their college boy lives um, while playing a video game. Pong. Um, <laughs> while playing Pong. They're talking about their history midterm. And I guess one of them. Al Franken. Did really bad. Yeah. Al Franken did really bad. Really <laughs> was, badly. Was the thing. Yeah. <laughs> he was convinced he had aced it. And it becomes apparent as they're playing Pong. And he's winning in Pong. He did not ace it. And his roommate slash friend did and yeah it i thought the alexander hamilton aaron burr essay yeah that was funny and i was like i obviously really really get that because humble brag i and also gilda saw hamilton with the original cast but anyways moving on <laughs> um, i think what's weirder about that story is that we each saw the show within 24 hours of one another like i think that's weirder yeah, with our moms. Yeah. Like, yeah. It gets weirder from there, but yeah, it's it's we're not we're not gonna go there. The podcast's gonna get real dark real quick if we do. <laughs> no, not coordinated whatsoever. This was before I don't know if it was before I knew you, but it was definitely before we started hanging out. Yeah, definitely before I started smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> definitely after I started smoking weed okay but, so yeah it was just weird how they kept making like all these jokes and like did the average snl watcher just like understand the beef between burn hamilton because i'm not so sure that i would have understood it had i not been a fan of the musical and i was in fact in all the ap history classes so let me know american education system why you suck so hard 
Uh, so the next sketch we had was uh, Minute Mystery. It was a crime photography sketch. And it starts off and Dan Aykroyd is taking crime scene pictures of a dead woman and taking pictures of her crotch and talking like she's a model. And I'm like, mm, I don't totally like this. I see what they're doing, but feels icky. And then Chevy Chase is sitting there admitting everything. And both the detective, John Belushi, and... Dan Aykroyd turned to the camera and they're like, does our audience know who did it? And this is after they let him go. So Chevy Chase admits to everything. They say, okay, we'll let you go. And they turn to the audience and say, do you know who did it? And it's like, obviously it was him. So they go back and then they can't find their camera. And clearly Chevy Chase took the camera and they ask people if they knew who stole the camera. And it, uh, it, it was actually funnier than I'm describing it to be because... <sighs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was funny. Then they asked where Dom Pardo, the announcer, was, and they said that the audience had a year to find out. Yeah, no, that was, it, it was a little bit strange at first, like you said, but it was kind of fun. Yeah, it wasn't, it, the, yeah, the only problematic thing were the pictures. It was kind of cute, kind of a choose your own adventure slapstick thing. <laughs> the next um, was the, centennial minute (laughs) which i was so happy to see garrett morris yes garrett morris as a bee um giving a fun story in the spirit of the bicentennial about Um, a bee uh, yeah flew into george washington's tent and got sat on (laughs) that was the the bicentennial joke that led right into luden wainwright's bicentennial song it was okay it was kind of just a song about america turning 200 years old i don't know if there was something deeper to it i looked up the lyrics to see if there was something i was missing and i couldn't figure it out it was just literally a song about how we all learned the pledge of allegiance and isn't it great that america is going to be 200 years old 1975 was fucking weird guys if somebody sang that on snl i would throw up <laughs> Yeah, I would would wonder if it was a performance piece. And then I would probably just be like, okay, well, time for for a snick snack re-up because this definitely isn't working for me. Not that I have anything wrong with America turning 200 years old. I just thought it was fucking weird for the first musical, well, second musical performance on SNL. But it was just, yeah, having that after the other musical performance being weird, I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) The next sketch I actually appreciated. So Chevy Chase was playing Greg Allman, a member of the Allman Brothers. And the there is a voiceover asking Greg Allman how his love life is. And pre- recently in 1975 times, Greg Allman and Cher had just split. And the voiceover, which fun fact, it was actually Lorne doing the voiceover. That was his first appearance on SNL. Yeah, it was the first time he was on SNL, not his face, but his voice. Anyway, Lauren keeps asking Greg Allman how his, how his love life is. And he's like, oh, it's great. You know, got a new album coming out. New album's great. Greg, how, how's your love life? Well, it's great. Got lots of groupies, lots of women, blah, blah, blah. It keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. And Lauren asks him until Greg Allman admits, yep, Cher and I, we split and admits that his love life is in the toilet and slams his head on the piano. And 
it was funny but it was just like dude clearly the guy lost Cher like obviously he's not thrilled yeah but at least he got to date Cher whoa they were married (laughs) whoa yeah I'm pretty sure they were married she is fucking fascinating I love her she is fascinating um what did you think about the next sketch do you have any thoughts (laughs) on this one the punchline was just physical abuse of women so yeah <laughs> well i laughed at you saying the punchline the punchline was literally fucking punches and yes the setup of the sketch is that gilda radner and robert klein are working with sam peckinpah who's a very famous director of westerns and john belushi is playing sam peckinpah and they're wondering what it's going to be like to work with this man because oh he's only done westerns and this is a romantic comedy and how's it going to work and so every time they try a take of the scene they're doing, Sam Peckinpah finds something wrong. He says that's not quite it and slaps Gilda or, ex- or asks her how she feels and kicks her. And it wasn't fucking funny. They're just beating on poor Gilda. And I went back and I rewatched it because I was like, oh, surely he kicked the couch. And it's like, they were actually yanking her and kicking her i mean it wasn't like it wasn't like a full beat down but they were pulling her hair yanking her around by her hair and she just kept saying oh okay and going back and doing the take again the final line of the joke the pu- the final punchline if you will is when sam peckinpah goes to try the same thing with robert klein's character robert klein fights back and sam peckinpah says nope good we got it we're good And it's like, oh, so it's okay to hit a woman because she's not going to fight back. But the minute you're challenged, you just move on to the next thing. And why, if you had a take, were you continuing to get takes just so you could? Yeah, I did not sit well. Nope. Yeah, it was just icky. I don't know if you had anything else to say, please. I just went on a tear there. I hated it. I mean, yeah, I hated it too. I, I guess that there's not much to say. Like, it's just like simply like, how is that okay? How is yeah. that something that people are laughing at? No, I just I didn't laugh once throughout the entire sketch, and there were people laughing in the audience, and I was really that's it's something that I've actually found is kind of unsettling about the or something I found is unfortunate about watching the old episodes is you're watching things that are making you uncomfortable and you're hearing other people laugh at it but it's genuine laughter and today these things wouldn't fly on tv and if someone were to laugh at it I I can't even imagine what would happen if they tried to put something like that on tv today um yeah then we went to the weekend update Started with Chevy Chase, you know, talking up some girl on the phone and then realizing that it's a weekend update and saying, hi, I'm Chevy Chase and you're not. We had our not ambiguous, obligatory. We had our obligatory Gerald Ford jokes saying that he was planning on visiting China and he was planning to fall off the Great Wall by mistake. Henry Kissinger held in contempt of Congress. So what? I don't like Congress either. I thought that was funny. Honestly, so something that blew my mind. Do you know who George Wallace is? Not sure. Okay, so he was a super fucking racist governor of, I think, Mississippi in the 60s. And he fought against desegregation and he wanted to keep everything separate. He refused to, it's like, I think Johnson had to send in the National Guard to desegregate the schools. 
Oh, he was okay. He, okay. Yeah, him. So he was talking about running for governor, and I was like, oh shit, I can't. I can't believe he's still around. And I was like, wait, this is 1975. That was only 10 years fucking prior to this TV show being on. Like at this point in time, black people had had the right to vote for a little less than 10 years. Like maybe a little more. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I don't know what I 64, 65, but still a fucking decade. I, yeah, it blew my mind seeing George Wallace being referenced in real time because normally when he's joked about now or when he's referenced now, it's to talk about how much of a racist piece of shit he was. And granted, that was the point here too, but it was just, you know, a lot more recent at that point. It's not 40 (laughs) years on, 50 years on. So I think the first time that I organically laughed at a Chevy Chase joke during Weekend Update, and I am ashamed to admit this because it was gross, but... Uh, the message from the broadcasting standards and, standards and practices people that the words sniff and lingerie were not to be used in any broadcast, no matter what the context was. And I took me a second, and then I laughed. That's dirty. Um, it was just more Chevy Chase. There might have been a date rape joke in there. I, uh, there might have. I don't know. I... I it was the jam it all ad, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just didn't like it. It's really. Nope. <laughs> no, it was the, this guy was talking about how much his wife does. And she literally is doing everything around the house and how, you know, she's so exhausted at the end of the night. And so she just takes, she takes jam it all. And then he ends the commercial with, I think I'll stuff her. And it's like, did he kill her with the vitamin or was that a drug? And it's a date rape joke. Like, I'm sorry. Neither is okay. Yeah, no, it, it was, mm, I just didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like my SNL with slightly less rape, but, you know, I have a feeling I'm not going to get my way in, oh, I'm not going to get my way, Jesus, that's <laughs> terrible. I have a feeling, I have, <laughs> I have a feeling I'm not going to get my wish on less rape jokes for another 35 years or so. So, you know, oh my God, that was a fucking Freudian slip for the ages. Good Lord. Okay, moving the fuck on. Oh, wait, there's one more thing I was going to talk about. Oh, um, do it. Go ahead. We can update was, well, towards the end, um, what was it? They made a joke about, um, first of all, Chubby Chase made a joke about having a 17-year-old girlfriend. (gasps) Oh, yeah. Like, yucky, but also... Jerry Seinfeld literally did that. And sometimes I just, I just think about that. And I just, mm. uh, <laughs> what was it? Shoshana? No. Fuck, what was her name? I remember Letterman joking about her all the time. Yeah, Shoshana. Yes. Um, yeah, he was 38. Yeah. Well, and I think the worst part of the joke was that Chevy Chase was wishing his girlfriend a happy 17th birthday. So yeah, it was even grosser. Anyway. Just icky. And then right after that, there was a joke about Lord Michaels being a schizophrenic. Um, Which I don't believe he is, but even if he was, that's not cool. Yeah, it was just throwing that word around as an insult. Maybe not the best taste, but you know. (laughs) We then rolled into an extermination sketch where Robert Klein and John Belushi were cockroach exterminators. They were dressed as if they were entering a war zone. And John Belushi is a seasoned 
bug hunter and Robert Klein is kind of a pacifist and he's trying to warn the cockroaches to get away so they don't get killed. And he says that he, he hasn't been able to kill any cockroaches since he saw a raid commercial with dancing bugs. And John Belushi says that the reason he kills cockroaches is because his brother died doing so. He stepped on a live wire while trying to crush a cockroach. So apparently now killing cockroaches is his life's mission. And Robert Klein says he just can't kill them and tries to explain it to John Belushi, at which point it flips to a little film about cockroaches. And it's a cockroach walking along a timeline of world history. And it was actually really cute. And the cockroach was like, just Uh, up until the Renaissance, the only known natural enemy was the foot. And they were there at the revolution in 1776. Um, And yeah. So it's all about how cockroaches have evolved with us and how can we kill them? And John Belushi's like, you know what? You're right. And then on the way up the stairs kills too. Yeah, it was cute. I also thought it was really funny when um, John Belushi was like trying to get the cockroaches to come out. He was just like, come on, cockroaches, come on out. (laughs) (laughs) It was so adorable. (sighs) And then the next little bit was Gilder Radner dressed up as a firefighter um, just standing on the stage and talking about being a firefighter, except she keeps calling it fireman because they just didn't think of gender neutral terms, I guess. No, um, that's, that's a very recent, that's a very recent addition <laughs> to life. To the English language, it would yeah. seem. Um, yeah. Again, I think you're going to be waiting a few years for that too, to be inclusive on SNL. So Yeah. Basically, it was, I don't know, it was weird. I couldn't tell if it, if it was like a joke half the time. She was kind of like, just like, firefighters are pretty sick. And then they gave some like fire prevention tips, which were like, I mean, you know, they were, they were valid, but they were also kind of just fucking funny. One was like, maybe don't give old people birthday cakes. <laughs> candles. Yeah, I, it was, I, I did. It was like half PSA, half joke. And yeah, I, I didn't really get the point other than Gilda Radner thought it was funny and it was really cute to watch her make herself laugh. Yeah, at the end she like pulled a poem out of her boot and it was, it was a cute little poem about firefighters. <laughs> yeah, and then we went to the Land of Gorch, which was all about Muppet headaches and Muppet migraines. Yeah. It was okay. It turned into like an acupuncture thing where Scred was trying to get um, Gorge to put like a needle like up his nose, which first of all made me think of COVID testing. Um, (laughs) And then another two in his lips and then one up touching his brain. And so they're like, okay, this is too much. Um, Let's go to the Grateful Vav for help, you know, like every other week. But uh, (laughs) they go to him and he goes not tonight I've got a headache and the camera zooms out and he has all these acupuncture needles sticking out of his head too he's tried the acupuncture and I actually laughed at that I wasn't expecting it I I thought it was just gonna end not tonight I've got a headache and I was like haha that's that's funny and then it got better yeah it was cute um yeah and then we had another Robert Klein monologue uh, he was talking about colleges and uh, how he took 
an abnormal psychology course and how they studied Phineas Gage. He's the guy, the pipe went through his head. He was a railway worker, but he lived. And after that, his uh, temperament and moods were much different as happens when a pipe goes through your brain and you survive it. Um, And then he talked about how they gave weed to monkeys and they also felt depressed and had mood changes. And it was the same. I didn't really understand the point of it. Also that I didn't understand the point of it other than yes, weed can make you cranky sometimes, but it's not the same as having a pipe pushed through your brain. So yeah, it didn't, that really didn't make sense. And also he did this weird twitch thing while talking about being high and marijuana has never made me twitch like that. So anyway, rant over. Yeah. It was just weird. It was just weird. Like he was talking about weed and he kept like, he was like, oh, like, I don't know what the effects are, but like every time I just did that weird thing, my voice, he was twitching. <laughs> yeah. I, Sorry, I'm high. I don't know why that didn't make any sense. Um, But it was just, it was like weird to hear him, him talking about this like weird, you know, monkey whatever experiment they did where they gave them like their bodies weight and weed every single day (laughs) so yeah it was i i wasn't upset when it transitioned to loudon wainwright again and his second performance was unrequited to the nth degree which i really i actually thought it was funny it reminded me a lot of bo burnham he has a song about soulmates and trying to find the perfect partner and it just it was basically the 1975 version of that but also not really in that it was about how if someone leaves him he's going to die so it wasn't funny but it was wait i'm sorry did you skip over the kaput stamp gun yes i did and I loved that one too. And I don't know why I was looking at it and I was like, oh, Kaput Stamp Gun. And then I skipped right to Loudon Wainwright. Okay. Yeah. Loved Kaput Stamp Gun. You can explain the premise because I just skipped out of order. So your turn. It was just an infomercial that was like, oh, are you frustrated with the recent inflation? Well, get Kaput Stamp Gun and you can instantly, you know, change the price of anything at the grocery store. So I was like, Got a watermelon for three cents, chicken for four cents. Um, Which I mean, costs forty nine ninety five. All right. So yeah, Loudon Wainwright. We talked about him. I thought it was funny. Um, yeah. So we had looks at books, which was a segment with Jane Curtin, and this was the first appearance of Gilda Radner's Emily Latella. <laughs> it was cute. Yeah. She was an author. She was describing her new children's book. She has a series of tiny books. And she's telling the story. And every punchline is, oh, there was a teeny, weeny, 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 itsy, bitsy, blah, 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 little. And Jane Curtin would say, princess? Yes, princess. And so this would go on every, every sentence. And it turns... And Jane Curtin says, oh, and they lived happily ever after? Emily Littell, no. It was like, she's this very soft-spoken, older-looking woman who low-key looked and moved just like my paternal grandfather, grandfather, grandmother. And it was kind of creepy. It was like, wait, grandma? What the f- Nope, that's Gilda. So yeah, that was a little ghosty chill down my spine. 
I guess they did not live happily ever after. And she says, no, because one night the princess found out that the prince had an itsy bitsy teeny weeny. And you think you know where it's going and Jane Curtin's not saying anything. And for the first time, Emily Lotella doesn't get interrupted and says, mother. <laughs> and yeah, it, that was the end of the joke. So it was that the prince had a small dick, but she couldn't put that in a children's book. Yeah, it was cute. If I could say it was cute about like every single thing. Oh my God, everything's so cute to me when I'm high. Um, <laughs> then they did a replay of the Ambassador Training Institute from last week. Yep. Oh, you can start talking about the next oh. one because so, I don't know anything. Yeah, no, the next sketch was Robert Klein doing this bluesy harmonica stomp song and then you realize that the joke is that he can't stop his leg which has been stomping the entire time but you thought it was part of the act and now you realize that's the point of it uh this was written by paul schaefer and howard shore and it ends his leg stops moving he's super happy he stopped his leg then his leg starts again the song starts again and that was the end of the sketch and to quote michael che from this past week I was like, is that voice blackface? Like, I, I, <laughs> like, so I didn't. I loved when he said that. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we went back to the Titanic where Abbott was singing Waterloo. That little leak has now started to really caused some issues for them on the Titanic and <laughs> it was kind of cute at the end they were like everything was falling over but they were still going really hard with it because it's an amazing song <laughs> yeah I loved the camera angle they're making it look like the Titanic is tipping and everything's sliding and there's water splashing around and Abba they're just they're fine they're rocking out and what I really liked was towards the end of the performance is everyone on the everyone that was having dinner on the Titanic, watching the performance as they're sliding around. Um, Abba, they're watching this happen and they're all laughing so hard. And that really made me giggle because you could just tell they were loving it. And yeah, it warmed my heart. That was, that was this week's Saturday night high heartwarming moment for me. Me too. I liked it. I was like, oh, like good for Abba. Yeah. It was good for Abba and like the, I, I did laugh when it was, it hit me again. They were singing Waterloo and it was like, couldn't escape if I wanted. Yeah. And that was, yeah, I, I, again, it was just so fucking funny and it was unexpected. And after the episode was over, I proceeded to put on the live version of that. It but definitely didn't repeat three times. The neighbors surely don't think there's anything wrong with me. It's fine. <laughs> And the show ended with Robert Klein wearing a bathrobe because he was soaked from the prior sketch. And he made a joke that it was a bathrobe that they got from like a psych ward, which uh, I mean, he wasn't wrong. But again, like, what the fuck? I was like, come on. After you just did the joke about schizophrenia being being like a, a fun little adjective. Come on, bro. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a fun little adjective oh fuck so yeah what was your favorite sketch of the night favorite sketch that's pretty tough there were actually some some fun ones i probably am going to go with the um bicentennial minute okay 
I really enjoyed the, I liked the ABBA performances just because they were fun and put together with the whole Titanic theme. It was like a really cute, like short sketch set. I really liked that. But in terms of sketch sketches, I would probably have to say, I'm going to go with uh, the Mystery Minute. I thought that was honestly, I thought, I don't know. I, I liked the obvious to the audience answers yet interactive aspect, but I also enjoyed um, Cockroach Through History. So that was a close second. <laughs> I figured that would be in your list. Yeah. Um... The, the little cockroach marching up the world history timeline. I was just like, oh, he's so cute. He needs a hat. <laughs> A top hat. Yes! He did need a top hat! Although I would ideally, if they could have like switched the hat or had like five different cockroaches that they just like switched them out. Just like, he's wearing a little pilgrim hat. This guy's wearing a little, you know. Yeah, anyway. What was your least favorite? Uh, my least favorite was the Sam Peckinpah domestic violence uh yeah, the everyone let's hit Gilda sketch. Yeah, got a consensus on that one. Physical violence isn't funny. It just, I, I can't, yeah, I, I can't imagine sitting at that table and having people pitch something where it's like, okay, and then I'm going to turn and hit her. And then I'm going to kick her. It's like, how do you say, excuse me? No, I would rather not. Yeah, like, how is that funny to anybody I, I don't know but if you if we're missing something and maybe <laughs> sam peckinpah was known for hitting his talent i don't know maybe that's a thing that uh, we're just missing i have no idea but if you would like to let us know you could email us at satnighthighpod at gmail yes or tweet at us at satnighthighpod night is spelled n-i-t-e um for our twitter satnighthighpod is our URL.com. Yep. And <laughs> we are on all major pod platforms, and you can like us, subscribe, rate, review, whatever you would like to do. Are we good? Are we I, I, I think that's I think that's it, right? I think so too. Alright. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh yeah, so talk to us. We'd love to read your stuff on air. It can be anonymous. But yeah, that's it for me. I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.